It was 1943, and young men were counting the days until they would go off to war. In just four short weeks, me and my buddy here are going to be proud members of the United States Marine Corps. Get back where you belong! Yeah, this war is driving them all crazy. <laughs> Duck Hopper! I heard the Nazis got this thing, right? It comes right out of the ground and goes right for it. Blows the whole package right off. One second you're John Wayne, and the next you're Minnie Mouse. I just hate to see you spend the last few weeks of your manhood chasing something you can't catch. Tell me about Michael. Like to see my boyfriend or something. Excuse me? Oh, I get it. You want a picture for your wallet. You want some girl who's going to send you flowers and poems. Don't you ever think about anything that I could up some girl's dress? Like what? Sean Penn. Elizabeth McGovern. Nicholas Cage. Race with me! Race with me, huh? Racing with the moon. Yeah, so oh, sorry. Great. I just like throw it right in, just in case there's some funny riffing. I don't know. I think that's a, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good idea. All right, this is Wack Nicholson. Welcome to Western Kabuki. I am joined by uh, Caleb at Bird Respect. Bird, is it Bird underscore Respector? It is right. One word, Bird Respector. Fucker. Is that what? <laughs> okay, and Lauren. <laughs> I'm I'm Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Uh, she is not at, at not a big jerk on Twitter, and also a podcast host. Yeah, yeah. Catch me on uh, Batting Around, a baseball-oriented podcast where we have a fun look at the game through kind of an LGBT uh, irreverent lens. Nice. Oh, yes. Great show. Uh, So we just watched Racing with the Moon. Um, Obviously a Nicolas Cage film, as all the films we discuss are. Uh, This one also starring Sean Penn, who's kind of the lead more so than Nick Cage. Nick Cage was like... It it, it, it fluctuated a bit, but he was a little bit of a support role. Yeah, almost co-leads, not quite. Yeah, um, but it's funny. We've talked about the funny thing about Nicolas Cage is that, like, from the beginning of his career, he basically was the leading man until he just decided to do other things. Like, he was the lead in Valley Girl, and then he did this, and then um, he was the romantic interest in in in. Uh, Moonstruck, which got nominated for several Oscars, and so it's very funny to see like these early, especially because we've watched the more recent roles. It's very funny to see these early ones where he's like fighting for his life, and I think really earning the screen attention, especially acting against uh, Sean Penn, which Bird yeah, has a specific absolutely taste. Yeah, I fucking hate Sean Penn. We'll, we'll <laughs> maybe uh, <laughs> my Sean Penn. I won't go into it. My Sean Penn hate is locked behind the Patreon. So if you want to know how much <laughs> and why, you're going to have to give us five bucks. I like that. I think that's a good idea. Worth it. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Or just follow me on Twitter because, you know, uh, <laughs> it'll come up. I will say, and it's actually, oh my God, this literally just happened. So I went downstairs and I made tea for my wife because we both have COVID. And um, she, I said that Sean Penn. She's like, I heard you guys recording a little bit, and I heard you say something about Sean Penn doing like the same performance. And I was like, yeah, he did the same performance as Mystic River. And she was like, well, he really only has those two speeds, doesn't he? <laughs> Which is exactly Correct. word for word what I said in the yeah. recording. 
um but yeah it it is so so racing with the moon is a uh a film about the menstrual cycle in which <laughs> two brothers are they brothers i don't even know no they're, no, they're like childhood friends. friends okay they like to chase trains um so this is already <laughs> big time twitter movie y'all are gonna love this yeah. one just how a couple of, of homies tr- chasing trains <laughs> how we've all been there like yeah uh, yeah, so they are chasing trains uh, across the uh, northwestern California during the um, the Second World War. Uh, Sean Penn and Nick Cage uh, are both uh, going to become Marines, and they have their date to ship off, and they both got their, their best girl that they're going to have to leave behind. Um, Sean Penn does this, I would say, less than gracefully, but Nick Cage really outdoes Sean Penn in that regard. By a mile, he's hotter than Sean Penn. He outacts him. He just makes. He him clearly gives a shit more. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we had more audio issues, which, if you are a Patreon subscriber, uh, had them all throughout. Uh, some of them uh, are on me for um, a specific technical issue, and and uh, the other ones are also on me for a different technical issue. <laughs> But the uh, yeah, we're talking talking baseball with Lauren here, um, and I was just giving a bit of my personal history. But yeah, I'm I'm a like a Yankees fan. I don't talk about it on Twitter because people hate the Yankees. But like, <laughs> just, mm-hmm. I grew up in the New York area, and it's always been my team. And uh, and this has been a good year to get back into baseball. God, yeah, yeah fam. Because um, I mean, the game has like really changed a lot in the past five years. That like is it, it's so different and i've been listening to the, like the uh the baseball tonight podcast and like um i've listened to a few of yours as well lauren but like just different like just baseball content and that's like to me that's way more fun than even seeing the yankees have a historically great season as they have is just <laughs> i really do think that we're on the like the precipice of a baseball resurgence right i think we're there i, I mean for the sake of my patreon uh, subscription numbers i sure hope so no, I mean, I have to see where the trends are going, what people are watching, what people are doing, you know, and it's not that people are like less interested in because the, the NFL really like supplanted baseball as like America's sport. Right. But I don't know. I think that like some of the politics, I guess, and um, I don't know, you know, it, it's a limited sport. I don't know. I think that there's uh, a growing a, there's like a growing fandom for baseball. So I, baseball I think has, so. Yeah. Baseball lacks a lot of the problems that the NFL and the NBA do because even like it's like casual NBA fans will be like, I think this is fixed. And then like <laughs> you get a little it's the it's the galaxy brain thing <laughs> where like the the small brain thinks that it's fixed. And then also the large brain thinks that it's fixed. And then the guy in between <laughs> is like, no, this is a fair sport. The and I feel like baseball, is the fair sport guy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't think ba- I obviously the Yankees were like that for baseball in the in the 90s and early 2000s but as lauren pointed out i, I don't even know if it was on record we've had this has been a long night for us <laughs> but as lauren pointed out the two-thirds two, uh, of us are sick with covid and recording <laughs> for a couple hours yeah the 2001 world series the yankees lost but the um greatest the, world series of all time yeah <laughs> which i will i will take the joke from um uh, from from Chapo, where they said that uh, 9-11, like, <laughs> 9-11 happens in 2001, and then they put, like, baseball on a hiatus. They pick up the season into the postseason, and 
New York's team like makes it. Uh, uh, I think the Mets were in the playoffs that year. They had just lost to the Yankees in the Subway Series in 2000, and it's this whole like New York moment of the Yankees like coming through and like winning for New York. And it's like, nope. It turns out 9/11 was really about guys in Arizona. It's, <laughs> And 9-11 was also about destroying the Seattle Mariners franchise. I don't think a lot of people... <laughs> That's are. right. That, yeah, that really is the outcome from 2001 that is, uh, people overlook now because of the postseason. That, that 01 Mariners team was an all-time cool team. It really was. And oh, I where... loved that team, too. I had, a, I had an Ichiro, um, not like a poster, but like a thing in my room. Oh, fuck yeah. No, that like Ichiro, t- growing up with Ichiro on your team... Uh, in his early years uh, yeah. in the U.S. is like that—that that is going to tie you to baseball for life to some yeah. some degree or another. Yeah. Oh, of course yeah. it is, and you know even that. I mean, Lou Pinella was the the manager of the year that year, <laughs> if I remember correctly. I mean, mm-hmm. we still had some of the, like we still had a lot of the heavy hitters from our '95 season, which was the greatest season for the Mariners of all time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we still had Edgar. I don't know who else we still had. Uh, God, imagine was... if you had had Randy Johnson. Ooh, bad <laughs> bad call, bad call, guys. Well, <laughs> Listen, we don't talk about that. No, I. <laughs> no, he yeah. went on to claim postseason glory for someone else that year. Several, yeah. <laughs> several, uh, several players that the Yankees picked up well after their prime just to sell tickets. Ichiro and Randy Johnson. <laughs> no, honestly, one of my favorite baseball things in recent years was eat like late era Ichiro becoming like a, a really good fourth outfielder for the Marlins for a season and a half. Yeah. That was a delightfully weird uh, uh, period of time. Nobody expected that. No, he he's really seemed cooked in New York, but he he made it work just like through sheer hard work and like uh, bringing specialized equipment to spring training. That like importing it from Japan just so he could have like his perfect workout routine and, and have like a one hundred six WRC plus for a whole season of three hundred plate appearances. God tier legend, yeah. The best. Uh, so we are talking. We are talking about this abortion movie. Um. <laughs> That's the thing. We were doing the description before uh, we cut out, and and we were explaining the plot as it was kind of described to us in like the description for the movie, where it's like, yeah, these young men are like pre- ditching their girlfriends because they're prepared to go to war. And I thought the movie was gonna be like really heavy, like reflection on patriotism and do like ex- expectations of youth and that kind of thing. Like, boom, out of nowhere, abortion narrative. You know what this actually, you know what this actually. In the last 25 minutes, it just beats you over the head with it. That's, yeah, so that's the problem. So so Sean Sean Penn wants to be a jazz pianist and his mother wants him to play at Carnegie Hall. (laughs) But she's concerned because jazz doesn't play at Carnegie Hall, I guess. So he's going to have to think. Jerry Lee Lewis has never played at Carnegie Hall. So we're going to have to figure out something else he can do. Um, This is like this. I feel like this is the second movie we've watched. We've been doing a lot of these very quickly. Um, but uh, did we talk about... Um, I'm just going to talk about it as if we haven't. This reminded me of the Looney Tunes skit with a little owl. And there is a radio contest. This is like not a Bugs Bunny skit, but um, this little kid who is an owl, he goes to the radio contest and he wants to become famous. So he starts singing this like hymn. And then... Um, that's when his mom is watching the studio. And then when his mom walks away, he starts singing like a jazz number. And it's very funny, like 80 years later, because to me, they both sound like old people music. <laughs> but <laughs> it, 
his mom is like mad as if he started like singing like a dead Kennedy song or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that was basically this scene here as well. Uh, that, that is a, uh, that, 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 uh, Looney Tunes short I'm referencing is an all timer with, uh, the owl's name. Y- y'all ready for this is owl Jolson. Uh, and he does appear to be <laughs> oh, wearing yeah. blackface. In the, he looks like an owl wearing blackface. Okay, yeah, I, I, I thought in the back of my head is that I love to sing it, and it totally is. I love to yeah, sing that love is a classic. Sing. Yeah, uh, the moon and the June and the spring. I love to laugh. My brother loves my brother. My brother is a big fan of Owl Jolson or Al Jolson, the real one, not the owl. But he does love that thing as well. My brother owns a series of Al Jolson. Um, vinyls and he and he swears to god that al jolson was a a, a superior artist and that he doesn't get enough <laughs> he doesn't get enough recognition because of the blackface stuff which uh if you don't know lauren i am black so it is funny that my brother has such an affection for this man. <laughs> <laughs> um it might yeah, also so, be important for the viewers to know that you're black just because i've mentioned of, it a few times yeah yeah you know. but you know we not we, I'd say you, because I just shut up. But like you laugh about blackface, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like just just go off, King. I'll just be quiet. Yeah, for Caleb's sake, I am black. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, for I, Wax's sake, I am uh, I am a Jew. So you know, <laughs> with our powers combined, yeah. Yeah, so, no, I, I appreciate uh, a podcast where as a trans woman, I'm the most problematic one. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, we've got our hand hovering over the white woman extinction button. <laughs> Step too far out of line. Uh, so yes, Sean Penn wants to play piano. Something happens. A series. I, I would actually say a series of things happen in which um, we really well, don't need to worry about a ton of them. Because yeah, like <laughs> most of them. It's like it's not that he didn't like. Okay, so that was just the weirdest thing. Uh, and I, so because I, of course, I watched it a few times and I wanted to go back and look. He starts. They're playing classical, and he starts playing. Was it Great Balls of Fire or some bullshit? He starts playing on the right. piano, and. Uh, it doesn't. It's not even that he even enjoyed that. He just wanted to disrespect his uh, piano teacher. He doesn't want to play piano at all. He wanted to kind of play rock, but he just. I don't think that he cared about it remotely because it just doesn't really come back up except for for one scene later. He plays the piano to impress a girl, but that's it. Yeah, and and he mentions it in the context in that later scene in the context of like I was doing this instead of being there with my friend, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, yeah. The the characterization in this movie, and and it's really shocking to me that I can say this having hated on Valley Girl so vociferously. But the characterization in Valley Girl is so much stronger than the, in this movie. <laughs> like knowing what each character wants and like why they are doing what they are doing, it barely matters in this movie. It, it, no, <laughs> it really doesn't matter. And, I would we, love to yeah. S- I would love to see the first draft of this script as like a gripping, dramatic film <laughs> about how Let me an ask abortion you a rocks a small town. Yeah. Go ahead. Who, who is this movie about, of all the characters? Ooh, that's a good question. I mm-hmm. think it is about 
Nicolas Cage's character, but Sean Penn has more screen time. Way more, right? Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, there's two questions that you should ask, I think, when identifying whether a movie is good or if a story should be written or whatever. And that's, like, who's the, who's the main character? And then also, mm-hmm. like, what question is this story trying to answer? Like, what, what you know what I mean? What are we because if you at? watch the... if you watch the first fifteen minutes of this movie, you would think this is a film in which uh, Sean Penn is going to learn the value of all kinds of music. And <laughs> <laughs> he is going to like play piano at his army barracks and then at a USO tour and then mm-hmm. like Marilyn Monroe is going to be like, "You play that thing pretty well, son," and then she's gonna. <laughs> But that is not what this film is. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And I, I think uh, my this is this is a maybe an over overread, but I get the impression like they were really limited in terms of the time or money they had to shoot it. And a lot of the story, what's left here is just like what they could cobble together in editing uh, with the stuff that they didn't get. That is definitely one hundred percent what happened, uh, without a doubt. I think that they were trying to make the movie into something that it wasn't uh because of some sort of limitation or something yeah and and like like i would also be fascinated to see like the original script like because it it uh it it probably was like a spec you know um just i there's there's no ties to anything uh elsewhere in in cinema that's like super obvious i i don't think it was imitating something else that was popular at the time so i think it was just like i think this is kind of pre the um uh, the the what do they call it the black book the um, spec script bible kind of thing um, yeah 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 it was kind of pre that deal I I think but um, can you actually explain that for people who might not know what you're talking about sure yeah um, the the Hollywood um, this has been going on for a number of years now it used to be more of like a secret thing but now it's pretty well known but there was this uh, catalog uh, a collection of all of the best spec scripts that Hollywood producers had been exposed to but for some reason or other couldn't be made uh it's it's kind of a thing now where usually the best couple screenplays of of the book do now get made uh every couple years but uh yeah it was like this it was like a legendary hollywood thing for a long time that has since become a bit more mainstream but uh it was like supposed to be where all of the secretly great movies that you know hollywood's that are too bold for hollywood to make um uh where, where you could find those yeah, so if you if you like take the uh, the Nick Cage Superman movie as an example, um, <laughs> the, that that probably wasn't a blacklist movie, but it's still like a thing where whatever that script was in its first conception is very different than what they probably would have made, uh, which is first of all definitely the case with uh, the movie Racing to the Moon. But the uh, the way it works is yeah, like for one reason or another you could write like the most brilliant script ever and warner brothers could buy it and pay you a hundred thousand dollars and then that movie never gets made and then warner brothers doesn't take your calls <laughs> a lot of the time exactly yeah yeah and so so a few years ago they started like uh like admitting it and then people would like publish their blacklist scripts like anonymously oh, yeah. and it's obviously the person who wrote it who leaked it to reddit or whatever and then there was a podcast uh that rocks that i think is still available called the blacklist table reads where people do the actual scripts as if they're like real movies and they get real actors to do it and everything um and some of those have even gotten bought since then um but it's a yeah. really cool thing and like 
My guess, yeah, I, I would agree with you 100% that this was some type of spec script that was either sent to a studio or one of the actors that was like really, they liked it. But I do think something was lost in translation by the time it got to the screen because uh, later in the movie, and again, this is skipping a lot of time, but I would not say a lot of content. Um, in preparation for <laughs> the war, uh, Nick Cage and Sean Penn and all the other characters are staging a battle scene where people are wearing um, name tags of like killed the in most action important or scene in the movie. <laughs> I would. <laughs> it's not. Uh, I'm uh, being uh, an asshole. Sorry. <laughs> it, it was completely pointless. Um, it, it's uh, yeah. So they're 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 fight. They're pretending to fight in a war, and they're having just the time of their lives. They are. They're just going mm-hmm. off, dude. <laughs> Which is really weird because World War II is happening. This is not a reenactment. <laughs> this, is not, this is not a hypothetical. These it's dudes are just a rocking for fun montage. Yeah. I'm, I mean, in fairness too, like. We, People were definitely uh, were constantly doing goofs on all sorts of very serious conflicts uh, as as part of the dudes rock lifestyle. Yeah, to this day, even um, we see dudes rocking all the time, rocking so hard that they decide to meme their way over to uh, the Donbass region of Ukraine <laughs> and get their heads memed clean off. Um, but the the yeah, so they're doing this like whole reenactment thing and then sean penn goes into a real hospital with real veterans who are really missing limbs and he has a long discussion with uh, mr blue from reservoir dogs uh about like uh what it's like being in war or whatever and then basically from there this is no longer a comedy or a dude's rock movie and it's a lot more of a personal drama of these two men uh because um Nick Cage got his girlfriend pregnant as they're about to leave, and uh, he needs help with an abortion. He needs how much money was it? One hundred fifty bucks. One hundred and fifty bucks, which, which is, is how much? Yeah. Would we say like six grand or something? Oh, I made that up when I was oh, okay. joking. But yeah, it was a lot more. Yeah. It's it's one hundred and fifty. So I've been like I said in the thing, I've been rewatching Mad Men. So in nineteen sixty three to now, it's roughly ten times. So, but this is like forty four. Uh, I'll look it up. It. Hang on. Oh, you are. I'm doing. I'm doing the math right now. Yeah. Okay, it would have been twenty five hundred dollars. It's a lot of money. Which, <laughs> I feel I, like <laughs> that's a lot with abortion being illegal. Even like an abortion in America now, roughly two to three hundred dollars. Am I wrong there? Uh. Let's give it a couple of years with Roe being gone, and we'll see where we are. Let's let a couple more doctors get arrested for reporting on a ten-year-old needing an abortion oh, before, did you we, not, before we guess the costs. Did you not hear that Senate Democrats are passing a resolution in order to? <laughs> so I think you might not want to speak so quickly before we know. Uh. Yeah, there's those those stories are never getting old. And 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 my mother is like, yeah, Donald Trump is going to jail, and also abortion is going to be in the Constitution. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Great, <laughs> yeah, absolutely for sure, dude. <laughs> oh shit, my mom's gonna listen to this. Mom, look, we just have different views. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> but we I hope you're right. <laughs> we do listen, hope you're exactly. right. Exactly. Listen, uh, Mrs. Whack, uh, <laughs> we all want the same things. It's just some of us may not 
believe in the capacity for good to prevail over evil anymore. Right. I would. So, I believe. I believe good can prevail over evil, but I don't think it's going to happen by asking nicely. <laughs> yeah, I also don't think that uh, Nancy Pelosi is the good there no, to overcome no, no, no. it. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so this movie's about is it's about baseball and the 2001 Mariners, it, if I recall correctly. The, the movie does take a turn for the serious, but I think it's important to emphasize <laughs> that there's still moments of incredible silliness for out of out of kind of nowhere like there's a whole sequence where they're uh like facing off against some sailors in pool just so that just was because. Very, the abortion money yeah with so, the abortion so, money yeah yeah so nick cage had, that was a very scorsese, goof. that was a very scorsese <laughs> moment where the main character makes a decision that is obviously going to hurt him and you know he's going to do it anyway but yeah. It's also not a Scorsese moment because it was entirely avoidable and his character has not indicated that he needed to do this for any reason <laughs> up until that point. But yes, he has gotten the money for the abortion and he has decided to gamble it in a pool hall with some sailors. Um, and again, a lot of things have happened in this movie and I don't think they're going to come up again. But rest assured, this movie is a full 90-ish minutes <laughs> and other things do happen. Uh, but the... Yeah, so they 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 the, the pool scene is very dramatic. I compared it to the um the scene in in Phantom Menace when they're when they're betting on Anakin's pod race because it's like it doesn't really matter what the bet is, but also a lot of time is taken up like explaining and describing and then the actual like playing. But the rules of the game and the specific rules of the bet have really not been touched on very not much. remotely i had no, no. <laughs> i was raised in a bar my parents own a bar i was raised in a bar i had no fucking clue what they were doing so and <laughs> they they were playing pool with the regular pool balls but there was no ball in front like the yeah. triangle didn't have a top it, it, it was kind of like when you watch a, po- a movie about poker before five card stud became like the standard everyone yeah. knows about because of yeah. television like they're playing a separate set of rules for a game you're familiar with it's very confusing Listen, and I'm sure I, there's a couple of people out there listening that are like, oh, you don't know. This is Grandpa Pool. Listen, if you have a, uh, an issue with us not knowing this, just email Lack. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> First of all, take and it up my, with the Pool podcast, buddy. And my email is whack-nicholson. You need to put it in the um, the memo line in Venmo, and I will be sure to uh, <laughs> <laughs> You go to Venmo, you put in whack-nicholson, there's a silent H, and then you tell me what your problem is, and I will I will hear you out. <laughs> um yeah so so they do uh they do um lose the pool thing but then he uh turns out that he has done some sort of uh chicanery with the money uh my cousin Vinny style which i guess the scene in my cousin Vinny where he says how do you how do i know that's not a 20 wrapped with a bunch of ones is a reference to this movie wait like really i mean i don't know i I know that he says that in My Cousin Vinny, but I don't know if it happens in any other... I've I mean, never seen I, The Color I, of Money or any of I would assume that's just kind of like a general like a thing, thing about like, gambling with cash is people are going to try to scam you. Yeah, so would, they do try to read. scam him with like Monopoly money. Uh, and uh, then they, they, they book it, their car won't start, but then it does start, and then... Just um, in the nick of time. Really perfect. They get away, yeah. Very cinematic. I feel like, I feel like this is what happened with this movie. 
somebody gets this script that is basically about these two I'm going to say that they were brothers in the script. <laughs> <laughs> the script would have made more sense if they were brothers, yeah. <laughs> so you've got two brothers who are going away to war. They're sort of equally physically fit. It makes sense that they're both going to be Marines, and they're getting shipped away from war. Now, when the movie actually gets made, Nick Cage is a full foot taller than Sean Penn, so they can't <laughs> be brothers now. <laughs> <laughs> and they are about to leave for war and they haven't broken it off with their sweeties yet. And then one of their sweeties gets pregnant and then they have to deal with an abortion and sort of like cutting ties with this girl who they just got pregnant. I think that's probably what the movie was supposed to be. That's how they pick. Yeah. Yeah. But then some coked out eighties producer was like, he's got to scam them in a pool game. (laughs) 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 And it's like scam who? And it's like, the fucking government, man. <laughs> and so they met in the middle. Uh, I, I really feel like, yeah, this is like, and we're going to run into this a lot with some of these uh, uh, 80s, 90s movies because 80s and 90s were like the Wild West of movie making where like a guy with enough money could make like <laughs> the number one movie in the country for that year <laughs> just by like... Well, like... Ha- uh, that's uh, kind of what I wonder about, like, uh, how this got made. Like, I wonder if this was someone's passion project. Like, I, like, you, like some rich, maybe even like a rich lady is like, we, we don't talk enough about this issue in, in the mainstream. I am going to make a movie about abortion that tells it how it was. Which... This movie does tell it how it was, to give it credit. It does. It was, like, (laughs) it was traumatic at the end, yeah. Yeah. She, like, Nick Cage really doesn't know how to take care of her knowing that he has to leave her behind. And Sean Penn really is kind of on his high horse at the end. And that stuff was all really good. If this movie had been a straight-up drama, that would have made a lot more sense. Absolutely. Um. Or, you know, a straight-up comedy, and it's got a slapstick abortion scene, and everybody's sort of running around with the with the, the, the old swing music, which <laughs> also does happen throughout. But, the, the, yeah, the, the movie, I think we can all agree, was a failure on its own merits. So I would say that this movie failed entirely on its own merits. Like, it failed mm-hmm. to achieve what it was even trying to do. I think I agree. I think it actually is the rare movie that falls into something uh, that I consider worse than a bad movie, which is a boring movie. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. Like like a bad movie, you can usually find like interesting. You know, I I guess by my own standards, not really because there were like there's some there were some sequences and shots that I was impressed by on a technical level. Um, so maybe maybe uh, the whole thing doesn't totally fail but it's uh it's it's pretty dull it's for a good three quarters of its run i mean you know i'll i'll do my my role on this podcast as a guy who defends all the shitty movies but it uh <laughs> it had its moments it really did it was yeah i mean again we're talking about the original script or what i'm imagining was probably originally conceived as a novel and totally didn't, oh didn't wow really translate okay. well no Can totally you, yeah imagine this movie is a book uh, it would have it would have just gone over way better the uh, themes make more sense. Yeah. yeah. Like a, a like a high man. like literary fiction type of like like college type book. 
where it's like <laughs> it all seems like fun and games with your boys, and then you gotta go to war, and you're. I mean, it, it's fuck. It, this guy wanted to write a Steinbeck novel. I mean, it's even. Big. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> that's exactly was. how I viewed it. Yeah, uh, but for his faults, yeah, I do think if you're if if you're a cage completionist, it's worth watching because he does give a a pretty darn good performance. He's he's. He's still figuring out his own method, I think. Uh, there's some stuff early on, especially where it's like, this is a little rougher than I would have expected from him. But, 100%. Uh, and it's also like, he's like figuring it out. But then it's also like, in comparison to Valley Girl, the cage is 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 coming. You can really feel it. <laughs> in that one scene when they're in their 100%. house and arguing with Sean Penn and Nick Cage. Um like we we said in the premium, it, it looks like uh, Sean Penn is doing his I am Sam and <laughs> Nick Cage is doing the I lost my hand from uh, Moonstruck, <laughs> which we got to be coming up on that soon. I'm excited. We're, for that we're one. getting there. Oh, that's going to be a good one. We got to find a we got to find an Italian ass motherfucker for that one. <laughs> Yeah, if you <laughs> never mind, I'm not gonna. If you Italian, Italian racism, I <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, my my wife did volunteer her services uh, to be the guest on Moonstruck, but I I, I was like, <laughs> I, we're trying to find a we're trying to find a, 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 a an ultra Italian for that one because I feel I and you know let's not talk too much about Moonstruck, but I will say that I've all like since the first time I saw Moonstruck, I was like, oh. It's like my big fat Greek wedding, but for Italians. That's what it is. Right, and a, and a much having recently rewatched my big fat Greek wedding, a much better movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no shade. I I feel like that movie has so much nostalgia for people. I don't like shit on it, but I watched it for the first time when I was like twenty eight, and I did not care <laughs> for it. No, it's 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 not awful, but it's it's pretty. But but yeah, Moonstruck, much better movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, basically, so the the. the the girlfriend gets the abortion um, and it appears to be traumatic. And it's honestly, she really delivers a really special performance there because it's hard. Like that scene develops entirely on her performance and you can't see her face. And that's hard to do. Extremely hard to do. She deserves a lot of credit for that. She's in the backseat crying with her face covered. And at first it seems like she might be hurt. Like, like, had an abortion inside of a trailer in 1944. <laughs> but then, like, just by the way she's acting and how the way they're reacting to her, um, it becomes clear that she is sad that Nick Cage doesn't seem to care about her. And it's a really difficult thing. Like, he is trying to do the sort of, like, white fang thing of, like, go on, we don't need you here anymore. And she is like really hurt, and and that like if the whole movie took the tone of the last twenty minutes or the first twenty minutes, it would have been a lot better. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I won't say yeah. to be a classic, but it would at least be a little bit more memorable. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think like honestly, like here at at Western Kabuki, we are not really cage completionist because we are not watching all of his movies <laughs> at least that's not our plan as, as it stands currently but like this is a really interesting sort of entry into into who nick cage becomes especially if you think of like this movie in context of being made like probably as valley girl was coming out 
probably right after the release of Fast Times. And Sean Penn, who's starred in Fast Times, and Nick Cage, who doesn't have a speaking role in Fast Times, like, this is, like, them doing a movie together, like, two years later. And it's two years before Moonstruck. So this this movie really hits, like, a kind of funny pocket for Nick Cage's uh, 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 life and, and, and his career. And for all that, it's it's a terrible film. <laughs> uh, it's better than Va- or Valley Girl is better. It's not as good as Valley Girl. If you have to pick one or the other, this is not a vibes movie, and that's what that's what uh, no Caleb zero Aaron, vibes. Yeah, Caleb and Aaron love to talk about the vibes in in um, Valley Girl. This this movie has no vibes. Vibes are <laughs> this movie vibes are nowhere has, but it's there. There are nary a single vibe. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, we we we're gonna be comparing these movies to a lot of other movies, especially the older ones, because we weren't alive then, or at least I wasn't. So, the like the, the comparing this movie to um, something like Stand by Me, or something like Footloose, where there are mm-hmm. those heavier themes. Footloose has the abortion scene. Footloose has the abortion scene that immediately doesn't matter once it's done. <laughs> like, yeah. This movie becomes a different film once the abortion just at th- Like halfway through the third fucking act, it's just like, whoa. Yeah. That's the biggest problem with this, I think, is it's just like that. That really should have happened. So first of all, the movie should have been far shorter. And that abortion <laughs> scene yeah. should have happened about halfway through the movie. The shift in the movie is abrupt and it is late. It is deep into it um and it is like there are a lot of things it could have been that it's not and i feel like i said the same thing about valley girl but valley girl just could have been more of what it was like if uh, i feel Mm -hmm. like valley girl could have been a bigger success if it was more shallow and more silly and had more outfits and more like fun and games and things. This movie, totally. uh, Racing with the Moon, no. <laughs> this did not need more of anything because it really should have just been one thing to begin with. I honestly would have sure. loved if it was just about two guys who pick up the, the bowling pins in a bowling alley. <laughs> yeah, like a really gritty, like honest portrayal of what that life was like. I would totally watch that for 108 minutes. That sounds, yeah. that sounds fantastic. Yeah. New but, but with <laughs> bowling pin kids. <laughs> but no, you're totally right. I think this is like, it, it doesn't really, uh, it, it doesn't own its premise enough to really accomplish anything interesting from a, like a cinematic or storytelling standpoint. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, um, if it had picked a side and what it was actually trying to do, it would have been, my- or if it had been a stage play, uh, uh, and like not tried to be the kind of movie that can sell tickets, uh, outside of like a big city. If it had been like a, a limited run stage play that, uh, did smaller theaters in New York and San Francisco, these themes together could work going off Lauren, to war and an abortion could sync up. But Lauren, uh, I'm going to make a pitch to you right now. Okay. Hit me with it. Yeah. You and I, uh-huh. we're going to rewrite racing with the moon as a very serious one setting, one act stage <laughs> drama <laughs> kicker. Uh-huh. Nicholas cage to star. 
and he's playing the same character. Okay. So for this time, he is a grizzled Marine who was a kid <laughs> in World War One, who now realizes he has to go back to World War Two, but he just got a 19-year-old girl pregnant. Oh, my God. I love this. <laughs> you know what, though? I'm going to double down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to add one more caveat. Musical. Yeah. yeah well... Yes, I'm going to add a caveat that it's fucked up that you guys didn't include me in on this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is you're going to play Sean Penn's character. You're you're going to. <laughs> but you're I'll gonna, do I'll, his, I'll I'll do my version of his version of I am Sam that he. <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Caleb is canceled. <laughs> well, I didn't know. Hang on, I was doing what he was doing. I'm just being true to the character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you wear when you wear blackface for the role, that's because you're doing what Al Jolson did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure, dude. <laughs> Actually, that makes hella fucking sense to me, and I think we're gonna have to go through with this. Yeah, now that we've uh, we, we've sketched together a concept, this is gonna we're gonna turn it into a first a, a stage play, then a screenplay. Then the blacklist is going to buy that screen. It's going to take that screenplay, and then well, some producer is going to buy it and strip out all of the interesting stuff and make a very boring version of the movie that's 108 minutes long. I'm for it. Yeah, so no, we get paid either way. Who cares? Hollywood, get at us. So they remade. They remade uh, Valley Girl in 2020. <laughs> All right, that uh, the, the audio fucked up again. Uh, <laughs> it fucked up earlier, and we seamlessly uh, slipped right back into it, hoping to get another 15 minutes of content. Not such is our luck, but that's okay. Um, I have been Wack Nicholson. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Wack with a silent H. I also, ha- at the point that this has been released, I have started a YouTube channel. I am not backing down. I am going to publish YouTube videos. So you can find <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> Wack Nicholson, W-H-A-C-K-N-I-C-H-O-L-S-O-N. Uh, and I am joined by my very brilliant co-host, Caleb, at Bird Respector. Thank you. <clears throat> Sorry if you heard me <laughs> g- uh, gagging and coughing and clearing my throat. Uh, I I'm not sorry. You earned <laughs> those gags and coughs from me, uh, who is also co-host Podsman. Part of Lauren, the performance. Lauren, speak your shit. Certainly, yeah. First off, I'll say never apo- apologize. As a more, you know, I've been doing this for a couple of years now. Never apologize for any kind of sound you make in the background. Get the clacky keyboard. Who gives a shit? Fuck them if they can't take a joke. Uh, my podcast is batting around. Uh, there's no G in the Twitter handle. We couldn't get it. An LGBT kind of ish baseball podcast, but uh, we have fun. Um, I'm not at not a big jerk on Twitter. You don't need to follow me. I have too many followers. It's fine. But uh, uh, yeah, no, thank you guys for having me on. It, this is incredibly yeah. fun. I would never have watched this movie otherwise, but I'm really glad I did. Me neither. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can stop it now. All right. Uh, it, uh, Lauren is batting around. <laughs>